1: free way to get started this got a content creation tool allows you to record it at the podcast right from a phone that's right don't even need a computer but you can do it there too they'll also help you distribute it which is probably the most challenging part you don't want to have to mess with that they got you covered you can get it right on a spotify and apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found and you know what you can monetize it too make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what, head over to your app store, download the anchor app or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen.
2: Hi, this is Ruben off the cheek
1: I'm Pat Nevin.
3: I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London
0: is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Uh, Your host is always Brandon, joined by Dan and something else going on in the background (laughs) there. And Nick must be enjoying himself in Kansas City. And as has become tradition, because this is the Keep Sell Loan Annual Pod, we've got Tweeds back to join us. This is at least, I believe, the third time we've done it with you. And we can't imagine not having you here for it, Tweeds. Thank you for coming back. Appreciate it.
3: All right. It's a pleasure. It's becoming a bit of a tradition. So yeah, have to keep it rolling as long as possible.
1: Well, until until the UEFA rules change next season, I imagine that we, uh, with smaller loaning opportunity, (laughs) that uh, we at least have this one. We at least have this last one. Yeah. So
0: being our third one, we have learned a couple of things that we really shouldn't actually go through every single player in the loan army because that keeps us here for days. And honestly, they don't have that big of an impact on the first team. So this is all about the first team squad, some guys that probably could come back uh, from loan, have an impact. And we we decide, do we keep them? If we're in charge, do we keep them? Do we sell them or do we loan them for the upcoming season? And I'm gonna keep track of our rosters and we'll share them out on social afterwards to show you what it looks like. Uh, but this is gonna be good. So um getting into it before we go, huge shout outs to Brandon, Logan, and Kyle on the Patreon joining the club. Looking forward to hanging out with you on Discord. Dan, more Apple Podcast Reviews.
1: Yeah, it was a big, big week for Apple Podcast reviews. Thank you so much to Mozzie93, uh Kers19. LC, 29, Chelsea, T2, the Y, Terminator 2, the Y, Southie, 69, Liam, Bibby, Carlos, GK, GK, GK K, Jato. and then the last one, which we got to call out just because I think he made an error, or they made an error, uh, Bob Leno in Germany said it was an excellent podcast, but accidentally left a two-star review. So uh, you can go back and maybe correct. Uh, but anyway, leave a five-star maybe review, get a shout-out. <laughs>
2: Maybe his grading scale in Germany is just harder than ours, you know? Maybe. Yeah, dub- Maybe.
1: double excellent is a four-star.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Tough. Anyway, Tough. leave a five-star review,
1: Apple Podcasts. Get a shout-out in the next episode.
0: Good to go. All right, Nick, over to you because uh, the season's ended. We've got a couple of things that we normally do
2: post-season wrap-up. That is correct, Brandon. Well well set up. Um, we are going to do our end-of-season survey. Uh, by the time you are listening to one of these Keeps Alone podcasts, it will be out this week. Um, I'm looking at Dan right now because dan is in charge of said survey and dan is looking around like he has no idea what's happening right now that's good good progress made on that so far so uh we're gonna do this end of season survey because uh it's really important to us we've done this the last five years uh it's our way of involving you in the future of our show and we take your feedback seriously we want to get better we want to do kind of bigger and better things next year and you know potentially have some unique options within that survey to uh to get your feedback about. So please go fill that out. We'll put it out on our socials. And then obviously uh, keep following us. Our YouTube audience is just on a rocket ship right now towards a billion followers, actually 10 K, but <laughs> we're really excited about that uh, because we started off the year like three K. So that's a huge amount of audience growth in a very short amount of time. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at London blue pod. Keep following us. We're almost at 30 K on Twitter after a long six years of trading tweets with people. So come on now. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be good. So, all right, well, in this first part of our
0: three part series, we're going to be doing the goalkeepers and the defenders. So essentially the defensive unit will be this one. Um, And we always want to set the scene. Dan did a good job with this. So um, likely transfers in for goalkeepers right now. No one is likely. Rumored transfers in literally everyone. So too (laughs) many to name. Uh, Loans that have already happened. Jamie Cumming is at Stevenage. Uh, He was last year's third choice goalkeeper. And it sounds like Nathan Baxter is soon to be loaned out as well. So moving into the current first team goalkeepers is Kepa. And what we'll do is we'll essentially go, I'll announce, and then we'll go through kind of like our grades. So uh, Joe said, place in the nearest trash can and ignore, which I believe is sell. Nick (laughs) said to loan, Dan said to loan to restore value before selling. And I said, well, Czech Rumor is said they want to wanna keep him, so I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not gonna tell Pitt or Check, no. That's just not in my DNA. But tweeds coming in hot. This is like when at Phil at Chelsea Youth was giving people zeros and shit like that. So uh <laughs> kept a gone, huh? I mean, what do we do? How do we move him? Does how does it work? Or do you just write off this the the whole compensation package and start over?
3: I mean, I think that the sensible option is is to look to try and loan. Um, and probably for, for a two-year period, either way to to sort of just get certain amount of, of value off the books for a period of time, potentially for him to restore his confidence, to restore some value to the player as well. Um, and then, yeah, it, it kind of it reduces some of that that need in the future. If you were to get rid of him for the following, uh, I don't know, two seasons, I think his book value will come down to about 30 million-ish, which even if you sell him for 20, it's a bit easier to take a 10 million loss than sort of a 30 million loss on the player in terms of accounting times. Um, yeah, I think his time's done here now. Um, you know, it's for me, no real improvement from from any point in the season. Uh, he's, he's had some okay moments and and sort of things like that. But when you are statistically the worst goalkeeper that's probably ever played in the Premier League, you know, we're not talking about a, 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 for me, a situation that you can recover from. Um, and the, the the fact of the matter is in terms of Chelsea's defensive stability, setup, all of these sort of buzzwords next season, none of it matters if you've still got him in goal, personally. Um, you know, if you have a keeper who essentially is conceding every other shot, it doesn't matter if you have an excellent defence still going to concede a couple of shots a game. Having that level of confidence in the goalkeeper, which probably is is below zero now, is is not something that you can really establish any kind of defensive foundation on. So I think, yeah, I mean, while I mean, we'd just like to put him in a bin and forget about him. Um, you know, the, the realistic option is probably going to be to to loan to at least, you know, let him recover some of his value or reputation and then potentially look to sell. So, yeah, I mean, I would look to to loan to to potentially, uh, yeah, restore some of his his confidence, restore some of the valuation in him um, and then potentially look to to sell him in the future. But he can't be the goalkeeper next season. We won't go anywhere.
0: I mean, Nick, obviously the only market of real value for him is in Spain which would make obvious sense. I mean, he's still on the national team. He would be in his home country by family speaking the native language. But I'm assuming you and Dan Bull said alone, not because you want him to bounce back and come back to Chelsea. It's to lower the wages per
2: tweeds and get him the hell out of the club. Yeah, I mean, I think at this stage, the best thing for him is a new setting, right? And like, it's clear that Frank doesn't, Trust him as a number one, the, per the end of season big match starts that he gave to Willy Caballero. I mean, and as a goalkeeper brain, you'll know that he wouldn't want to ever just change up his goalkeepers just for the fun of it. Um, you know, it's it's not typically how you how you work a goalkeeper situation in the Premier League or Champions League. So, yeah, I think I think that's it, it's probably just a hey. You know, let's both admit that this didn't work. You know, even if he's not going to be you know, kind of the the best sweeper keeper of all time or the best physical specimen who's able to, you know, kind of keep out crosses or activity in the box. My minimum expectation for him was that he was going to be a David De Gea type shot stopper with some really good distribution. And both of those things have never really come to fruition. He was a little bit better in distribution underneath sorry, than he was this year, but yeah, it was, it was just – I think it's a bad situation. I think it was a panic buy uh, when we lost Courtois. And I think of all the praise that Marina will get for the deals that are going to close uh, this summer, and she's rightfully deserving of that praise, Dan, uh, I think this is one where we're going to look back and go, Ugh. Well, we, we can't get it right 100%
1: of the time, and this is not the first time a player it's has It's a big one Chelsea, to get wrong. And it it's a bad one to get wrong, but – there have been plenty of examples of players who have come in and looked like they were going to make an impact and then struggle to acclimatize appropriately and yep. end up finding themselves in one or two seasons out of the side. You know, It doesn't mean they're a bad footballer. You know? uh, Juan Condrado comes into Chelsea, not at the Premier League level, goes to Juventus and does wonderful things with them just for, for an example you know you look at Bakayoko went to AC Milan did much better there than he did with us so there's plenty of examples it's not an indictment of Keppa in it's just really just he doesn't fit what Chelsea wants to do and the club need to figure out the smart way to get out of it which i think we've all agreed is getting him on a loan that allows him to regain some value so even if it is a little bit of an accounting loss it's not something where it's so detrimental that it's sitting on the books for too long but i i'm if a if a sale came through that was equitable or even close it'd be great but it's just not going to happen in the pandemic market brandon
0: yeah just to uh totally play devil's advocate if frank wants to play a high line honestly like keppa has the mobility obviously he has a lot to get there but there are the signs and characteristics and traits that he could, with the exception of crossing, like they have to knock off the set piece in the crossing because I don't think he'll ever be good at it. There's some big picture things that Kepa can fit into some tactical pieces. But the problem is a goalkeeper is very much like a striker. It's a confidence position. And we talked about this with Alvaro Morata. If he's not feeling comfortable and settled at Chelsea for cultural language, style of the Premier League, whatever reason, it doesn't matter. And those are some of the things, even to Dan's point of Juan Cuadrado, did not feel comfortable in the Premier League, felt comfortable in the Serie A. There's a lot of work that has to be done around him. There's needs to be a lot of attention, a lot of detail. And Frank has to adapt some things to support him. And that's the one thing I said all season we never saw from Frank was the support or the adapt- adaptation to Keppa. So we'll have to see. Again, I, I told you, I'm not saying it needs to happen. I'm just... There there is potential, but it's not a lot of stuff has to change for it to for it to come up. So um to that point, that's why there's still market for him in Spain. So we'll see. Uh Willy Caballero, super divisive player in the locker room. Um definitely brings no cohesion or uh stability to the club because he's such a nice wild, guy. real real wild card. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> he uh um,
1: Tom, just a, a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna make anybody unhappy.
0: So Tweeds wants to keep. Nick wants to keep with the last dance uh behind that. We'll let you elaborate. Uh Dan wants to keep and I said, I know it's aggressive, and I know I just said something, you know, potentially different above, but I said, I would have actually replaced both goalkeepers in a perfect world, but with the situation we're in today, I'll reluctantly keep Willy Caballero, but he's not a great backup. So I'm gonna keep him because I feel like we have to, but in a perfect world, I would have loved to have like two guys that are like going at it without an idea of who's going to be the starter next season. I thought that would have been perfect. Uh, So Nick, anyways, keep last dance reference.
2: I mean, he, he got an extension and he's 39 years old. Uh, You know, obviously goalkeepers have a a kind of higher ceiling on age just due to the position they play. But you know, your, your hope of eventually replacing both goalkeepers is where my head is at too. I mean, it's, and it's not because Willie's been bad I think he's actually a great backup. I, I like having a, a veteran presence there. I just think Premier League Champions League level, he's probably on the on the back end of that. And another year will probably, you know, kind of be his last of the club. And I I think just when I say last dance, it's like I hope it goes out on a positive note with trophies. Like let's let's kind of get that last one.
0: So it's his personal last dance. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Tweeds in the recent history, obviously having Courtois in check was a reality we'll never have again. Cause that was amazing. It, it kind of hurt though, knowing that one of them wasn't going to play, but I thought Begovic in recent history is one of our best backup goalkeepers. Caballero, I think is nowhere close to him, but you still want to keep him. Is it just cause it's like a, meh? why not?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think if I was to ever write sort of, uh, a rulebook on, you know, the Joe squad building rulebook. For me, certainly when it comes to sort of backups and third choice goalkeepers, they should be just veteran English players. And I'm not saying that from like a pure Brexit point of view, but from, you know, allocating a foreign player in terms of Champions League squads and stuff like that. I just think that the, the fact that they, they play so little uh, and wasting that position on a non-outfield player for me is always a little bit that I try to, try to avoid. At least always the third choice goalie should be just a young English player in and mm-hmm. around the squad. Um, but it, like if you could get someone like Rob Green or someone like that, who's not fantastic, but realistically isn't going to play too often, um, then that would be preferable. But I think Caballero is is, is fine, um, has some nice moments. Um, and again, in terms of like relief for Kepa, I think the sad thing was that I don't particularly like Caballero, but there wasn't that much notable difference when he came in goal, which is kind of the, the big issue there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I keep him purely because it's just, a, 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 let's say, another area that we would probably need to go and invest in. Um, but it's, he's, he's good enough for for a season to, to stay in that number two position.
0: Yeah, it makes me shiver. Joe Hart yeah, just does. went to Tottenham. That yeah. was a bit of a surprise. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'll get into this in a little bit. Um, Dan, anything you want to add on the Willie Trainers? It just kind of is what it is.
1: No, just keep it for years a bridge and then move to the uh, the next keeper in, in the following season. Yeah, he's a good squad guy. He keeps the people happy. I mean, he hangs on the crossbar for Marcus
0: Alonso for social media clout. You know, he's a team <laughs> player. Um, Joe, which academy keepers do we want to talk about? I, and when we say we, I'm just going to steal this. Um, Prince Adagoke, Adagoke. Uh, we've heard a lot about him. The club just did a little piece on him as well some Some news coming out about him seems to be the big up and comer, but then you've got names like Nathan Baxter, who've been at the club forever. Jamal Blackman's still on the roster. Carlos Zeger. like any any ones that are worth exploring or talking about out of this kind of up and coming crop as you talk about needing a third choice keeper on the roster since Jamie Cummings has just left on loan.
3: I've always kind of liked Baxter um. I mean, again, it's, it's slightly sort of different levels, but his his presence as an academy goalkeeper, I think one of the things with Chelsea goalkeepers because I mean often not they're not actually worked too often because Chelsea's academy are often one of the better teams. You know, they're not they're not really called upon that often. But even then, it, it's noticeable that I think that he's got quite a good command of of sort of the the players in front of him. So for me, I think he's he's an interesting one. There was talk potentially of him. Um, leaving on loan again, I think Swindon was talented, but I'm not sure that's happening at the moment. But I think, yeah, he's he's one of these that could potentially go on and certainly become a decent sort of football league player. Um, and in terms of Adigoke himself, yeah, I mean he's someone I think I think we've we've had him um, since he was like 12 or something like that. He's an absolute giant. Um, seen a, f- a few a few clips. And I would stress the word clips here, so not, I've not not watched him playing full games. Um, but super super athletic, tall. Good enough on the ball, you know, seems to be a good stopper, aggressive. He seems to have a lot of what you would expect for a goalkeeper a couple of years older than they have already. We're not really renowned for producing goalkeepers at academy level. And I think partly that a lot of that is due to the fact that they just don't have that many shots to save during games, which kind of is a positive and also a negative, I suppose, for a goalie. But the ones sort of coming through when it comes to like Milk Cup and Disney Cup games are some of these sort of really younger age groups. He does kind of stand out with just his sort of size and his ability to certainly save one-on-ones and stuff like that. Which again, for like a young goalkeeper, not really things that you would you would see jump off the page. So I think he's interesting, um, but I think Baxter potential um, yeah has potential certainly to go on and become a pretty decent football league goalkeeper. Um, problem that a lot of the young goalies have at Chelsea, certainly the ones coming through the academy, is that yeah by the time they hit 18, 19, they need to go into league football. Chelsea have a I think it's not really a policy, but they tend to send these goalkeepers to almost lower league teams, league two, some cases sort of conference level. So to get them sort of experience hands on, and stuff like that. I feel sometimes they get accustomed to playing that level. I know it's something that myself and Phil Chelsea youth have spoken about quite often publicly. Sometimes players get conditioned to play at certain levels. So I think sometimes they find it hard to bounce back into being like a Premier League or like a championship standard goalie. But Baxter is certainly talented, has been talented for a long while. So yeah.
0: Baxter has been... Going out on loan since he was like sixteen. Yes. <laughs> so he's been like playing against <laughs> men. Yeah. For for five years now, and he just made it to Ross County, which is in the Scott Scottish Premiership. Yeah. He's playing in the first tier of Scottish football, whether however you want to chop it, if it's good or not. Played thirteen matches, eleven hundred seventy minutes. Blood goals, one point nine two goals against average. But from an experience standpoint. Like, that's not bad. We've seen Van Dyke come from the Scottish Premiership. We've seen many players go there and, and play. But again, for him to be 21 and already getting a loan like that, I think is is impressive just in general with his... So you just have to kind of wait and see what his value is and where he can go with it. Um you know, but he to me just seems to have a mentality of being like, I want to play whatever level and it'll get me to where I want to be eventually. Um, so he he's that one that in five years, he'll come back at 26, 27, having had super successful loans the whole time. And all of a sudden he's ready to go. And it's like there's no hurry for him either. And a lot of these guys, too. So that 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 is a bonus. Um, all right. Well, let's get into the defenders now that the uh, the fun stuff is over. Uh, so transfers in uh, Xavier and um is the big one tweeds that has just been announced. Literally the, big, literally large. big. Yeah, Very true. <laughs> uh, and they like hit it in the it was in the Izzy Brown loan announcement. The were like, oh, yeah, by the yeah. way, we signed this guy this who left Barcelona, <laughs> um, you know, kind of a big deal. But we'll get into it later.
3: Yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting one. Certainly. Um, I think, you know, by now it's sort of public knowledge that Chelsea probably would have signed him last season. Had it not been for for the transfer ban, so they almost kind of. It's weird to think that we've parked a player at Barcelona for a year, but kind of, in terms of the <laughs> in terms of the agreement that we've had with his uh, with his agent. But super super interesting player. You know, he has something that we don't have in Chelsea at the moment. He's six foot five, I think, um, and and plays big, which is is kind of one of his things. Sometimes you see centre backs who you just think are like six foot, but they're really six three just of how they play. I think one of the things that certainly sort of separates him from from a lot of centre backs who are tall, he's often played at fullback. so he has like a full back skill set in terms of being able to use the ball, in terms of being able to defend one on one in space. Um, again, someone that I've I've seen a couple of like full 90s in Holland. I've seen a little bit of him playing for Barcelona's um, sort of B team or whatever the the academy setup is over there. I've seen a few sort of performances from him, but I think generally he's certainly one for the future. I mean, the Van Dyke comparisons are obvious, just a bit. Probably a little bit lazy. He's tall. He's black. He's Dutch. I mean, it's you know, it's just one of those things that people will naturally, you know, sort of just make a very lazy assumption that he's like that. Um, I think he's a, probably probably two, maybe three seasons away from being at the level where we could count on him. But you never know. I mean, he's he's one of his players. I think certainly people who who kind of take um, a view of of youth football across Europe, he's been on the radar of a lot of people for a long time. Um, certainly, kind of a, a classic Dutch centre back in the sense that he's very comfortable on the ball. Um, I think, again, the, the thing, probably just to highlight again, that separates him, him really is just, I think he's just actually a very good defender, which for a lot of young centre-backs, it's such a weird thing to say that, you know, oh he's also good at defending, rather than, you know, <laughs> passing the ball, dribbling out, all this sort of stuff. Um, so for me, I think he's, he's certainly one to watch, whether he is playing under-23 football this season or whether he goes on loan is a different matter. I think maybe they'll sort of, they'll keep him around the squad and see what they have with him, um, maybe send him on loan, but I think this is certainly one to watch. Right-footed, tall, can play fullback. Um, you know, very good in the air, strong in the tackle. You know, decent in terms of actually being able to get forward and, and actually have a traditional kind of right-back skill set. So, certainly one to watch. I think you know people who are assuming that he might sort of play this season. Maybe it's a little bit too soon. He is still very rough around the edges. Um, and, and Chelsea do also have a lot of good young centre-backs as well coming through. So, but uh, yeah, physical standpoint, technical skill set, everything you would want. Now it's about sort of pushing on and getting, making sure that he can translate that to, to adult football because he's been great as a, as a young player, but you want to make sure that he's not being great just because he's so physically dominant.
2: Yeah. So Joe, no, is he exciting. more of a, is he more of a right center back or left center back?
3: I've seen him play right center back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's right footed right center back um, and, uh, has played a lot of right back, but certainly when he was like a lot younger. So 16, 17 started playing sort of men's football as a right back. So, um, but it's moved into center back. I think that's his natural position given his size. Yeah.
0: Love it. Um, well, likely transfers in. It sounds like the Ben Chilwell, the Chili B train, is pulling up to the station very soon. It sounds like um, big breakthroughs have happened on the negotiations. Uh, Lester realized that uh, $80 million is just silly talk, and and they're going to have to get realistic with it. Uh, rumor transfers is Thiago Silva, and that mm. is actually maybe leaning towards likely the way some of the things go. But uh, I'm still holding off. I mean, what is it between us and Fiorentina? I mean, I, I don't get it. What the decision is there, but hey, <laughs> I'm not Thiago Silva, so that's on him. Uh Players we're not going to talk about: Baba Rachman and David Uh Loans: Mark Gurhi is already gone to Swansea, and Treva Shalaba is gone to Laurent in France in Ligue 1, so he's going to be plying well, his trade there. I think he's more of a midfielder there. Just to true. Yeah, well, he he's very versatile. We've seen him play pretty much center back, holding mid, center mid. So he's kind of in that in that vein. So. Uh, But the first Chelsea player we are going to talk about is Cesar Azpilicueta, a.k.a. Azpilicueta. It it doesn't work in Spanish as well, Nick, so we'll have to work on that. Um, Look, this is keep across the board. We're not going to get into it, but Dan, I haven't heard from you in a while except a couple chuckles. So why are we keeping Cesar El Capitan for another season?
1: Well, it's, uh, it's all about building a squad, and you're going to need players that offer you versatility. And I think in a pinch, he could play center back. He can play in a back three. He can play on the right side of or left side of a back four. And we are going to play 55 to 60-plus games this season. And as much as we, we projected or people were projecting that Reese James was just going to walk into the first team sheet, you know, first game of the season, team sheet, you know, as the starter, uh, didn't happen. And Azpilicueta played the second most games out of anyone for Chelsea this past year. So, yeah, I I just don't see a world where you, know, you don't benefit from having someone like Azpilicueta at Chelsea, even if, and I think the, the, it's more of a fair projection to make this season, Nick, with chili b coming in and reese potentially improving in his skill set where as does become more rotational which actually i think would be better for him as he continues to age up to keep him fresh for some of the matches too but that's just my poor aspie we've been talking about rotating this guy
2: for four years we haven't been no 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 oh my gosh i've been (laughs) full start all the time look This dude has done everything he can to help Chelsea Football Club win matches. I love him to death. Not only is he providing all the assists in the world, thus his incredible nickname that I think we all agree is incredible. Um, But Dan's point... (laughs) Joe, what was that? Uh, (laughs) um, Sorry, Nick. um, I I think the the point that Dan made around rotation is that you're going to have 55 or 60 matches in potentially five or six less weeks uh, of, of a season. So the congestion I'm sure everyone's seen the the kind of spreadsheet that was put out there. It's basically two to three matches a week if you keep advancing in every competition all the way through the end of the season. It's unsustainable Joe to expect any one player, even our Iron Man to play that many matches in a year. so it's it's going to be important that he's around and, and rotated. Just a note on that that
1: spreadsheet, though, of all the matches for the season. I love how The Athletic used Harry Kane as the example for how many matches you would maximum play. <laughs> and had, like, Champions League final, FA Cup final. It's just like, get out of here. That's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And we all
0: know Harry Kane can't make it through three months at a time. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, But Tweeds, this is probably the first time you know we saw Aspie not play 100% of the minutes. To me, it's not a big deal. Like I'm surprised we haven't pulled back his minutes before now, Um, but also if you look at his contract situation, he's 30, he has two years left on the contract. This is almost like the club nailing it as far as like a timing and a perspective uh, of like the big picture management side of of him as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, the the interesting thing with Aspia is that people will continually. Um, sort of move him out of the team and Germany kind of, you know, look to phase him out of play, myself included, to be fair, over the over the years. And yet his just durability is, is, you know, what I think probably one of his biggest attributes is, you know, the fact that he, he's rarely injured, he's never ill, you know, he's he's pretty consistent. And I think certainly going forward, the fact that he can still play, you know, right back and left back is going to be pretty, pretty, you know, useful. Wouldn't surprise me first game of the season if Cherwell does arrive, there is, you know, he's carrying an injury. If Aspilicleta mm-hmm. starts at left back and Rhys James starts as, a, as the right back. So, you know, his positional flexibility, you know, we know he can play as a centre-back in a three as well. Um, you know, just it's just been one of probably the best signings we've made ever in terms of looking at sort of return on the, what, £7 million you paid for him. If you could get a player who is a 7 out of 10 pretty much every game for that money, you know, you'd buy one every single season. You'd have a pretty phenomenal squad. Um, but yeah, I think that certainly, you know, another two years, a little bit concerned. I know that probably he's it's kind of load management in terms of his work. He's just played so many minutes over the past few seasons. I would like to see him tailored a little bit in terms of just, you know, seeing him not doesn't have to play every FA Cup game, every League Cup game. Give him the, the kind of respect that he has as sort of a veteran player now in the squad um, and just sort of use him in, in those games where you need his experience. But yeah, true, true top professional. And again, I, I think he'll he'll have another big season in terms of minutes.
2: Yeah. He, he's won, by the way. Brandon's straight into management after he's done. Like, it's that. Oh, that, yeah. Super smart guy. Yeah. Like, that's over.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. Wouldn't mind having him back at the club. You know, bring Juan Mata with him. That'd be a fun, <laughs> fun group. All right. Uh, next one is Reese James as we round out the right backs. Uh, and uh, as you'd assume, three out of the four of us want to keep and Nick is ready to sell.
2: That's right. It's cash in, baby. I'm kidding. I'm obviously kidding um I think <laughs> I think he's uh he's obviously on, on Twitter on on the rise yeah come after me please <laughs> um he's on the rise and I I hope that with the maybe addition of, of a former coach of his uh, that you know there's some real development defensively this year in his game I think that's where I would look to you know hopefully have him make the the biggest jump because there were times this year where he, was over reliant Joe on his athleticism and got burned uh, for it. And I think uh, he'll get smarter about positioning. He'll get smarter about, you know, kind of when to sit back and, and all that kind of stuff as he kind of grows as a player. He's still super young. So nothing but a, br- a bright future in front of him. Yeah.
3: I think the the really sort of nice thing about Bruce James is that you typically you, you can see his sort of growth from game to game. So the first buying game, you know, Alfonso Davis absolutely destroyed us on that on our right-hand side. And I actually thought in the last game against, against Bayern, he was probably one of our better players, Rhys James. I actually think he played pretty well. Um, you know, still, there, there's don't get me wrong, there, there's a lot for him to sort of work on from a defensive standpoint, but it was nice to see that he'd made adjustments in his game. Um, you know, I think just given his his general frame, you know, he's built like an NFL running back. You know, he 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 doesn't have to rely on that physicality all the time. So I think for me, it's more about positioning, knowing the, the strengths of your your winger. If you're playing Davis, you can't, you can't play him man-to-man. You can't play him touch tight. You know, he dips one shoulder and just knocks the ball 10 yards in front of you. And that's pretty much it. It's game over. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think for for Reece, it's for now, it's just about developing. But he he seems to be smart enough. He seems to be a player who works sort of constantly at his game. We know what he can do going forward. We know his, his end product, his distribution, know his quality on the ball. We know all that stuff. Now it's about becoming a proper, well-rounded fullback. And that, that still requires, even in this day and age of, you know, players not really liking defending. He still has to be able to have a baseline of defending that that he can fall back upon. Hopefully, next season with uh, a bit more sort of focus on the defensive structure of the team, he won't be as exposed as much. And I mean that for for both fullbacks in general, not not as many one-on-ones or two-on-ones. I think certainly for him, you know, next season. No big injuries, and that he should realistically go and make that right back spot his uh, his own for the future.
1: I think the exciting thing that I hope for this season is with a little bit of a revitalized attack as well, with you think about uh, potentially Havertz coming in with Werner in there, with Pulisic getting really into form. Reese being able to connect with some of those attackers from the assist standpoint, and maybe adopt the assist Plecueta mantle. I don't know what it would be for Reese James. We'll leave it for Nick to come up with a terrible pun in the future. But that type of delivery, uh, you know, being more consistent this year and being executed on would be quite wonderful.
2: That is that's future Nick's problem. Present Nick is just fine. Where is that? Thank
0: you. (laughs) Well, the good news is we've got Reese James locked up until twenty twenty five. Uh, and he's only 20. He's actually taller than Aspie. I didn't, I didn't know that. They wow. look the same. Anyways, really? uh, before we get to our center backs and left backs, we are going to take a real quick break. Uh, thank you to the sponsor for financially supporting the show. And uh, we will be right back with that a lot more on this one. Here we go. Okay, so now we've done the goalkeepers and the right backs. It's time to move to the center of the defensive unit. We've got Kurt Zuma. I mean, why not start with Kurt Happy Zuma? Um. Now I feel like in the center backs we're gonna get a little bit of a discussion, not as much straightforward of "Hey, let's just keep everyone and make it make it happy." So Tweeds with the keep. Nick says he's earned his spot as long as he wants to be here. Dan says keep as a number two, and I said, "Well, he's a sellable asset, and if we can sell him to get a stud center back and kind of blow up this center back team and start over, I'm good with that." So um i don't know i mean dan zuma i like him he's an amazing person i think he's pretty good but is he where we want to be at the end of this at the end of the day i think he comes up short
1: well i think the reality like we're also doing this in the context of how do we build a squad for competing across these matches next season and so As much as I I get the perspective that you have, Brandon, which is he probably, after this season, has the most value in terms of a center back on the market compared to maybe Christensen or Rudiger out of our kind of current cropping of players. I just don't see... We can't have so much turnover that we are replacing or playing a brand new starting 11 and then have a brand new bench of five players uh, that we're looking at on opening day it's just not realistic so I think I want to keep some of the talent that we have on the team Nick and and Zuma's the one where I think I can point to and say at least in comparison to Christensen and Rudiger his consistency was a little higher and he could be a good partner to someone who is the the number one that the captain of the back line
2: I, I just want to see him paired with Tamori again. <laughs> I mean, I, we, we've been over that over the last few weeks of how successful that partnership was relative to the other partnerships, and I, it, it baffles me to this day why it didn't get another shot. So, uh, like, as, as long as he wants to be here, um, I, I will have Kurt Zuma on the squad. I, I would probably disagree that he's our most sellable asset because I think that will be Christensen if he can develop a five-game stretch of consistency. <laughs> Um, because we've talked about his his availability on the continent to maybe be a, a really good player. But um, go ahead, Tweeds. Wax Poetic. Oof. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Zim is probably our best centre-back, um,
3: just in terms of defending, really. And you know, I, I think certainly the way a lot, of, a lot of discussions I see on social media, they seem to be talking about Chelsea as, as if we're in a position to sort of cherry-pick a really top-tier ball-playing centre-back, and that completes our back line. You know, I think we're in a, a much more fundamental standpoint where we need to get some good defenders in, first and foremost. You know, if we're going to have this, uh, you know, kind of upper echelon S-tier attack next season, then realistically having a, a good, strong, fundamental back four is, is key. Um, so Zuma, for me, yeah, I think he's he's our best pure defender. I think certainly that the problem that Chelsea have in terms of the centre-backs that we, we currently have, um, and I, I will use my sort of NFL sort of terminology here because I think people sort of will get it, is that we, we have too many kind of uh, wide receiver twos so we don't really have for me like an actual out on out centre back that can start every game and, and then pair or bring other players in so Liverpool have Van Dijk often plays with Gomez but they bring in Matip they bring in Lovren to, to counteract specific threats I think we've got too many kind of number twos I think certainly that's where kind of we let ourselves down but if we're looking at sort of the future and next season we can probably get away with, with it for another year I think Tamori and Zuma for me certainly is their pairing of choice Um but I would certainly say that in the in the long run, getting a really really good defender and putting him next to Kurtzuma for me would be more than good enough for what Chelsea are looking to sort of accomplish over the next couple of seasons. So for, on, on that basis, I think that he is probably the, the one player, maybe beyond well, probably so maybe side by side with Tomori, I think has the most of long term benefit to Chelsea. I would certainly look to keep him. Um, but I think yeah, he he does certainly need someone who is. Uh, top tier next to him to really probably see the the best of him in the future.
0: Dan, you talked about keeping some semblance of the team together. I don't know why or what parts of the defense you want to keep from this season because it was shambolic. I understand you're already bringing in a few attackers, but to me, why not just like, it can't get any worse losing chemistry and starting over. I just want the bar to be higher I'm not saying I don't like Zuma. I'm not saying can't play with someone. It's just like if the opportunity were there to sell him to then reinvest in option B or to get two thirds that price or whatever, that's all I'm saying. But well, I, I, I mean, have no interest, no interest in keeping because Andreas Christensen is next and I want to sell him too. Continue the well, continue the fire sale. It's, it's
1: August 23rd. Yep. The season starts on September 12th. Yep. So we are close to three weeks left until the start of the season I just it's not realistic as much as we we play this as a game we, we do try to play it with some semblance of rules and the fact is at the end of the day you need to be able to put together an actual match day squad it's the the underlying rule of all of this and you can't sell Zuma Christensen and Rudiger and uh, and you know keep Tamori and then hope that you're gonna have three new players that you can pop in and then immediately be at a higher level in our center back options. It's, it's not going to happen. Like, you need to be able to keep some of these players. Maybe he's not the number one, but in a rotational scenario. And that's why, like, it's if I'm thinking about goal. it, Zuma is the number two. If we go to Christensen, I think Christensen stays as a rotational player, and that you hope the 50% of the time that you put him in the lineup, you're getting the... Positive Christensen, who has a really, really great game, and not the Christensen who uh, needs to go use the restroom uh, and run off the pitch. Yeah, I just look. I I
0: disagree. I don't see it. You've just now kept essentially the entire back line, and maybe a new goalkeeper. I can, I've got two of them. Results <laughs> two. I look. I, I two. Yeah, that's that's the center back, and then essentially you don't have Rudiger. You have someone new. It's not good enough. And I think here's Frank said this. So maybe I'm taking out of Frank. He loves the Liverpool Man City model. They build from the front. When you talk about building a defensive unit, do you really think we built a defensive unit last season? Like From the sounds of Frank didn't deal with the back line at all. He was more focused on getting the ball and going forward. So I don't think it's that big of a deal if you were to chop everyone and start over from the center back position. But we'll see. So I brought us to Andreas Christensen. We've already had some talks with him. Dan wants to keep in rotation. I said sell him, get him to Spain, so he can go be great, and we can all be like, oh damn, I wish we had him. But the fact is, he's not a Premier League player. Nick wants to sell as a make weight for a top target, and Joe says just barely ready to keep him. So Nick, selling as a make
2: weight, high five, buddy. Well, it, it must <laughs> it must be it must be like the t- the closest poll result that we have in here as well. Uh, we have forty four point eight percent want to keep him. Forty-seven point nine percent want to lo- or want to sell him, and seven point three want to loan him. This is a this is a tough one. Like Joe, Joe, I think at times has spoken about this, and I think we've had other guests speak about this as well about how the minute we sell him, he's going to become a tier one center back in Spain. <laughs> like it's just, it, you know, you can see the writing on the wall there. So in my yeah, scenario, the bandaid
0: if, off. Yeah. Just if, let it happen.
2: If, if that, if that is the scenario, then I would try and make weight with Atletico Madrid and try and get him an S like, why not?
3: Yeah. So it's, um, it's a tough one for me. I, I think now that I'm leaving Denmark, I can speak a little bit more freely about, uh, about Christensen <laughs> in general, but uh, no, I mean, I, I think I've come to the conclusion on him that I think if, if Chelsea were committed to playing a back three for the next five seasons, then he stays. He's a centre, you know, he's the middle back in that back three. I think he can play in the Premier League in that position. I think he's excellent there. However, in the two, this season, season's gone by. The, the confidence like having him as a player, you know, he has some nice moments, but I think, you know, the point about consistency is key here, certainly for centre-backs. And with that sort of being said... Although I mean realistically I probably would sell if, if if I had the absolute choice, I would sell both Christianson and Rudiger. Um I, I kept him barely just because I don't think it's it's feasible that we we can get in um a player of the, the sort of calibre that I would like in that position to sort of come in and cover. But I think yeah for me he he's probably on the last season in terms of the 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 kind of the I suppose the the tether that I have for him. So um wouldn't be Surprise if there was a potential move for him in January so if he's not playing he's not in the team Chelsea have got a hopefully a slightly more settled back four in place um I could see him moving on and and, you know for all of the people who are big on him in terms of his ability on the ball etc you know if you can't defend then for me I I I don't I don't really care how good you're on the ball at the moment you know this is a team that's shipped you know one of the highest amount of goals in in Chelsea's Premier League history um Christensen has played a lot. I think he has been one of the reasons that we have been um, pretty porous at the back. So, you know, I don't care if you are the greatest passer of a ball, if it's Franz Beckenbauer that Chelsea are bringing in, if you can't win a header, if you can't physically compete with centre forwards, if you cannot, um, you know, compete physically in general with players, then it doesn't really matter. We have to fundamentally sort out the physicality in the back four, the defensive quality in the back four. And for me, you know, for me, that's where Christian is probably the, the fourth choice for, for next season um if he's not playing he's still a sailor asset. goes to germany goes to spain wherever probably is a good player Chelsea fans tell go i told you so but you know we kind of shrug our shoulders because it's it's not going to happen in the premier league for him i'd be very very surprised even if he was at someone like city etc um i'd be very surprised if he had a high degree of success in, in in england but germany spain italy sure he might he might do well
2: there no you, uh, you bring you bring up three. the point though right defenders should be looked at as defenders first and not yes yeah,
3: it's just this new kind of new wave of looking at, at uh, every single defending player you see all these like you know the advanced stats it's passes into the final yeah. third it's all this like advanced data but i'm like okay but can he win a header can yeah. he can he physically compete is is he taller than six foot two you know there can are sort ma- of basic fundamentals that you need um and this this whole view of, of football okay fair enough everyone loves technical players fantastic but I want my center backs first and foremost to be horrible people who hate conceding, you know, they hate conceding goals. And I don't think we've got that mentality where we hate conceding goals and we need yeah. to bring that back into the team.
2: There's a metric, Brandon, the John Terry face in front of the ball metric that yes. you need. Uh, that I, I want that to be an official stat now. Can we yeah. get that? Cahill
0: did it too. He learned yep. from the best. So <laughs> I also think as you look at the the mixture of your team, it's kind of weird because in the Premier League, you have to have bastard center backs to deal with the bottom half of the Premier League and sometimes the entire table, but then you go to Europe and maybe you can get away with, you know, less crosses mm-hmm. and these more, you know, kind of passing games. So I've also noticed that Premier League teams, you almost have to have a European lineup and then a Premier League lineup yeah. yep. to, to be able to compete because outside of Liverpool and Win city and that, you know, in Tottenham, they had their big runs. Um, they all, you know, it's just it's just different. You have to you have to be able to adapt and play, and I think that that's part of it. And so it's like, oh, Christensen's great in the European competitions, but he's not going to help you against Burnley. So what? Are so you what you're do? saying
1: is he's going to help us win the Champions League this year. I like
0: where you're heading, Brandon. This is good. He's gonna help someone win the Champions League <laughs> next year. So oh, Antonio Rudiger is the third center back on the roster. uh Look, I'm still on the cell train. Uh, I think his decision-making is erratic at best. Uh, Dan wants to sell. Nick says he wants to keep to get his form back and then sell. So Nick's playing the long game here. GM hat on backwards, nice and tight, and Joe's ready to sell. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Dan.
1: He needs to hashtag hustle himself out of Sanford Bridge this season.
0: Why are GMI? you so fired up against Rudiger? I feel like this is, he's one of the two players in the script that you were like, no emotions attached. You're just like... I actually yeah, I bought you
1: a ticket, <laughs> Antonio. <laughs> uh, so poll results on this were a little bit more concrete. 57.7% uh, on sell, 41.2% uh, on keep, 1.2% on loan. Uh, I just think you know he is of that grouping, the oldest center back. Uh, he's been injured previously. Um, he is about to be, uh, uh, kind of done with his contract in the, the 2022. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, he's, he's, he's at the point where if we are going to find a path forward or find any you know value from it, it is the time to sell him where we have and, you know, maintain maximum leverage. So I think this would be the year to look at getting him you know back into Syria, getting him someplace where he would be a better defender. I just... I I am done with the, he is a great center back because he is passionate argument. He is not a good center back, Joe. He can't win the ball. like And, and our biggest issue is where his biggest weakness is. He is not a great aerial defender. We sucked on crosses last year, and I, I just... I would struggle to see him back in our starting eleven.
0: But he's he's a good one-on-one defender, but he's not good at defending space, whether it's on the ground or early. I think that's what he's seen. Tweets that he will lose his mark so quick in the box.
3: Yeah, he is. Uh, I don't know. I think he's he's one of I I'd say a handful of players who I think my opinion on him just hasn't changed at all since Chelsea signed him. I wasn't keen on us signing him at the time. Felt that it was you know we had this sort of kind of almost a streak of just signing players who had had very serious injuries, Emerson being another. Um, Barkley, I think, had some injury problems. You know, these sort of players that had almost sort of hit rock bottom in terms of their transfer valuation and then tried to sort of sign them and then build them back up again. Rudig for me, has always been a very erratic, um, kind of very, yeah, just sort of very scatty kind of defender. Um, you know, and I think for someone who Chelsea, I assume... In their wisdom, thought that they were buying like a number one alpha type centre back. You know, he does a lot of talking. You know, I think I saw a Billy Gilmore clip recently where he mentioned that uh, Rudiger talked to him a lot during the game, which is great. But to to really sort of have the impact, you have to be able to command the back four. You've got to be able to organise people. Um, you know, he gives away stupid three kicks all the time. There, there's not much really in terms of redeeming quality. You know, he's not he's not particularly athletic. He's not particularly strong. He's not particularly good in the I mean I could just go on with all these sort of things that he's not great at. Um now he he is an okay defender. I think in Chelsea squads gone by, he would be an okay fourth choice, you know, sort of the Robert Hoof of the of the good Chelsea squads in sort of the early two thousands. Um, maybe fourth, maybe fifth choice player there. Um but for me, just yeah, just just needs to be sold. I don't think that Chelsea are going anywhere again with him as sort of the main guy in that back four. And I think due to his Maybe his experience or due to his age or whatever, that he seems to have kind of come in and usurped the sort of Zuma Tomori partnership, which was looking pretty decent. He was the main reason that that seems to have been broken up. So yeah, I mean back to Italy, back to Germany, or whatever. But you know, I just I just don't see him contributing really positively to this squad going forward. So for me, it's a sell.
0: Yeah, interesting. I mean, the contract forces a decision too. Two years left. So yeah. this is exactly uh, when come January you announce an extension.
2: Or we start working on moves to get him out. Yeah. Uh last and center back we have really quick. Uh, fan yeah. vote fan vote on this one was like almost sixty forty sell. So, so yep, 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 yep. All right, facao tomori. He's on
0: contract until the summer of twenty twenty four. We all want to keep. But there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of talk about him being loaned, and there's some scary rumors about him being sold. I don't know if there's something that we're clearly not privy to as the public because as we talked to Chelsea youth Phil last time on the season awards and the we don't know what happened so I know Nick you've been extremely vocal on the socials you're typing in all caps in the script on this one I mean clearly we all love Fikayo Tomori as a person uh, as a center back but uh, yeah, I don't know. So all we can do is react to the fact that we want to keep him and and put him in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think this is crazy. I, like the, the if Rudiger stays at the or Christensen for for my team, if they stay at the um, by sacrificing Tamori on loan, I, I think that makes no sense. Uh, I think Tamori. Has a higher ceiling than any of those players. I think he is on lower wages. I think he is a part of this young, up-and-coming Cobham crew. So as a personality and, and culture fit, he's there. It, it's, it would be wild to me if we brought in Tiago Silva, kept Rüdiger and Christensen, and loaned out to Moria. I just think, I think that's crazy. So I, I hope this one turns around in short order. It would be a very... <laughs> you're trying to paint like a darkest
1: timeline of board activity around the back line and it's sending me to a dark place. So I will just say that the fan support I think for Tomori is really huge. It was 68% as a keep. It was 30% as, as a loan and you know, just a 2% as a sell. So uh, clearly a couple of Russian bots got in there, but that's okay. Tomori, clearly a fan favorite. I think really um, just odd that he didn't kind of feature in the second half of the season with a little bit of the kind of nagging muscular injuries, Joe, but hopefully he finds his way back into the the start, you know, into a starting position, into a rotational position, because clearly he was a valued player for Frank at Derby.
3: Yeah. Um I think he's had a bit of an unfortunate sort of second half of the season. Um you know, a lot of sort of kind of yeah, unfortunately, time sort of injuries and sort of little kind of tweaks and stuff that he's had. Um, but again, I kind of echo what's what's been said. I think from a from a potential standpoint, you know, yes, again, he's he's part of a, a group of players that obviously need to sort of work on certain parts of their game. But I think what we've seen from him, certainly when it comes to sort of aggression and just his his general kind of pace and and what it allows him to sort of recover. Um, I keep thinking back to what that, I think, moment when Salah was clear in sort of earlier on in the season down the right-hand side and Tomori almost jogged up to him and just tackled him. I've never seen anyone really catch Salah, let alone make it look so just, OK, just going to jog back here and just kick him. Um, I think he's got the right mentality. I think he's got the right attitude. Um, and yeah, I, I always kind of felt that the the partnership with him and Zima, you know, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, both of them seem to play well together. They seem to actually enjoy playing with each other. And they actually also kind of seem to enjoy, like, defending. Which, again, you know, it's it's one of my so- sort of things I look at in younger players is do they actually enjoy the, the defensive side of the game? And, you know, I think when they played together, that, that certainly was evident. But I, I would abs- absolutely keep him. I think if we sell him, that's probably not the right message to, to sort of, um, kind of, yeah, really sort of put out there. Um, and also alone loan as well. Maybe it's a loan in January if he's still out of favour and not getting played. but. You know, when the, the kind of the alternatives are Rudiger and Christensen, I find it difficult to make an argument that, he, that he's the one that goes. Um, even if it's purely just based on the fact that he is the quickest player at the club. And we know sort of, you know, looking at sort of Arsenal and and, uh, and Liverpool's front three and other teams that we have played, like so many teams that have absolutely ridiculous pace up front. It's a commodity. You can't teach someone to be quicker. You can teach someone to defend better. You can put a better structure around them. Um, so from that basis, I think Tomori for me certainly gets in. I, I actually, I and mean also, I actually think he's a pretty good player. You know, this sort of notion that he is just fast and likes kicking people. I mean, <laughs> he's a little bit more than that. Um, I think, yeah, so for me, he's he's probably, I, th- I think certainly our second best defender, really, behind Zuma. So I, I would look to keep him, but, you know, stranger things have happened at Chelsea.
2: He plays bigger than he is too, Brandon. Yeah, definitely, I mean, yeah. I like th- this is a guy who, like, in the air is far better than Rudiger or Christensen, and he's smaller. So, you know. Yeah, he... uh yeah, he he
0: loves Chelsea and puts everything on the line. I mean, I think he's that ball-to-head type defender that that we can see. Head um, just hasn't need to because he's so damn quick. Uh, all right, so the last two we have are the left backs. This will be pretty straightforward. Uh, Marco Alonso on contract to the summer of 2023 after signing that big extension. Um, we're keeping because we have to. And the fact that he <laughs> will be... You would assume the clear second choice if this when the Chilwell deal goes through, I think we all feel comfortable with having him there. Give some flexibility, three four three wing back type things. He would be as safe in the cup, you'd assume. So um, you know, no real sweat there. Um, but then Emerson only well, on contract. Well oh, you
1: also have to play him twice a year versus Spurs so that we can guarantee Correct.
0: six points. Contractually obligated. <laughs> Yeah, correct. And then Emerson on contract to the summer of 2022. He's in that two year window now. Uh, Clean sweep on the deuces. Uh, Nick literally using the two finger peace emoji.
2: (laughs) That is right. Uh, And and if the inter rumors are solidified soon, that is a great landing spot for him. Uh, You know, I think he is one where the services are no longer required. Didn't work out. Definitely didn't settle, didn't seem too It had interested. prospects, too, at the beginning of the year. He was playing really well, and then... Whew,
0: boom. Yeah, good uh, good uh, prediction on that one, Nick. So, uh, Tweeds, though, <laughs> we'll wrap this up on the defender side with you. Uh, turning over any of the academy defenders you want to point out and maybe give a, a look ahead to someone you feel like might be around in the near future.
3: Two two of them come to mind. One of them will be at the academy, I think, next season. One of them was impressing out on Laina, uh, Mark Gurheon. At Swansea, um, I would be very, very surprised if he doesn't play for Chelsea in the next couple of seasons. He is, I think, he's about six foot one. He is absolutely physically dominant. Um, I think there was a photo at, uh, I think Swansea posted of him passing the ball in his quads. It's like watching like Michael Essin reborn. He's just got these, you know, he's built to play at the back. Um, all the, all the pace, all of the power, all of the aggression you want from centre back, but he's so good on the ball as well really, really, for me, was was sort of the, the pick of of the sort of young Chelsea centre-backs coming through the academy. I think he was excellent at Swansea when he got into the team and when he got accustomed to playing adult football. Usual caveats with with young players. But he, I think he probably has, yeah, I, I would be probably quite confident saying that I think he's probably the best young centre-back we produced. And I, I put that alongside Christensen and Tomori. I think uh, he really has the ability to, oh. to be a, an actual starter at Chelsea if he continues on this trajectory. You know, first, first proper loan at Swansea in the championship, you know, physically just bullying men around. He's still a kid, really, in terms of his his sort of playing career. So I think he he's someone certain to look out for. Um, and the other one in the academy at the moment is probably Levi Colwell. Um, I, I don't know what's happened to him. Someone's put him in a bag of like uh, miracle Grow over the past sort of three or four weeks um, <laughs> or for three or four months in quarantine. But, uh, you know, he's shot up to about 6'3", six, 6'4". Carries it well, um, left-footed, which you know is is really really nice to have in a centre back as well. Just always to me struck me as someone who is just so smart when he plays. I mean, he has all the athletic traits and all the usual stuff you associate with Chelsea academy centre backs. You know, good on the ball, good in possession, all this sort of stuff. But from a from an intelligence standpoint, is I think the way that he defends is so much more mature than some of the other players I've seen come through the academy. You know, we've had guys like John Panzo, who's a great athlete. Really, really good player. Obviously gone to Monaco and I think he's out on loan as well now. But uh, colby I think for me, just has a level of maturity and intelligence to his game that I don't think many, many academy centre-backs have. He's got all the physical tools that you want. But another one, and also considering the fact he's left-footed as well, um, you know, that is, he's a natural left-sided centre-back. Um, good on the ball. I've, I've seen him play a bit of fullback as well. So he's obviously comfortable out there, but he's one to keep an eye on. Certainly if he, if he progresses, I think as he has done for maybe the past two seasons, you know, wouldn't be a surprise if, he, if he's out on loan maybe in January if his development keeps continuing. Um, but another one to keep an eye on. But both him and, and Gerhi look like, um, certainly at the moment, guys who could feature in Chelsea's first team in the, in, in the future. Gerhi, for me, really, I think is, is pretty special. I think that he has the potential to be there just because he's, you know, if you're looking at partnering him with like a really top-tier player, um, I think Gerhi would be, would be a really, really good person to look at in that respect.
0: Well, on that detailed note (laughs) uh that is going to wrap up our goalkeeper and defenders for part one don't worry part two is all about the midfielders and part three will be all about the attackers so again tweets thanks for joining us uh we're going to keep them locked in so we can get part two and part three done uh make sure to keep an eye out for those as well uh but listeners thank you so much for joining us as always you're the best part of the show tweet at us comment on instagram get in touch with us best ways through patreon and our discord server to talk about this but we got to go because we got to get to the midfielders. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.